You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. We are back from our family reunion at Mahoney State Park in Ashland, which was a blast, by the way. Uh... Big thanks to Uncle TR for hauling all the yingling back. I'm drinking yingling right now. Did you guys drink any yingling up there? Oh, I had a few. few? I had a few beers. I didn't see any yingling. I never did see that. So I just drank my Bud Light. It went fast. I I got some right here that I'll be drinking through the podcast. So, uh, again, big thanks to Uncle TR. Uh, So moving on, Big Ten Media Days was this past week while we were up there. And we've debated this in the past. And I say that Media Days is the unofficial start to the college football season. Agree or disagree, Tyler? Disagree. It's not until fall camp starts, so that's the unofficial start. Derek? No, that's the official start. Of course it's the unofficial start. That's what all the media guides tell you. That's what all the media tells you. Of course it's the unofficial start. This is when we start getting excited about football. Yeah. I mean, we stay pretty excited all year, but once media days comes, now we know football's here. You know this, this, yeah. So Tyler, you're wrong again. Hey, uh, a little admin note before we get into it: uh, we will be back with a new episode each and every week until the season is over for sure. So be sure to tune in each week. You know, let's uh, let's hope that each and every week includes bowl season this year. Uh, it hasn't in the past so we'll see uh all right hey we're not going to recap all of media days here that's not what we're trying to do but i do want to ask you guys something that uh athletic director bill moose said he was asked what would you characterize as a successful season in year two and moose answered with we really need to get to six he went on to talk about getting to a bowl and the extra practices and what that means for the team so derek were you surprised that he set that win total at six no, not at all. He's he's doing what an AD is supposed to do. He's actually, I, I think what his answer was, I think his answer was actually brilliant. Because what he's trying to do is he's seeing all these expectations, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But he's seeing all these expectations. He's trying to taper them a little bit. Like going, you know, I don't want to look like a dumbass if we don't win the West. So I think he's just trying to taper expectations. He's trying to solidify, you know, Scott Frost, because he kind of looked like an ass after the 4-8 and eight season. Like, it didn't pan out the way he wanted it to. So now he's sitting here going, okay, let's, baby steps, baby steps. So I, I think it was a smart answer. I think I think a 6-6 six and six season would blow, but I think it was a smart answer. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think about his answer? Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with Derek on this one. You know, I will say when Icors brought in Mike Riley and talked about how we're not rebuilding, you know, we're reloading or taking the finish line or whatever he said, you know, it, it, it set a bad precedent that you guys and a lot of people held over his head for a very long time. Oh, we didn't bring Mike Riley in the rebuild. We That's not what Icors said. I think Bill Moose is covering his straws. I, I mean, if I've, after the way I've seen Husker fans attack athletic directors, I'm Bill Moose. Every year, I'm saying six wins. Yeah, that's six wins. We'll be good. Don't, don't set the bar too high because you get beat up by Husker fans if you don't hit it. You can't set that. You can't set that bar every year at Nebraska, Tyler. You know that as well as I do. 
You can't I do say, know hey, that, but successful the, season is six wins. If he went, if he went and said this, a successful season's nine wins, ten wins, whatever it is, and we don't hit it, you know what happens? The media turns around and says, "Bill Moose said nine wins. Scott Frost won eight. No, I'm not. That, yeah, you can't. I mean, it's it's such a winless thing. Like you are having your boss say, "What is successful?" That is setting a bar out there. Husker fans are notorious for holding you to your word on this stuff. So why would you ever set a bar at all high on this? Keep it low. I'm shocked he even gave a win total, honestly. I'm well, shocked he didn't say something like, oh, I just hope to see some progress on the field. Well, he was very reluctant to at least, you know, to throw a number out there. Earlier in that in that hallway when he was having that discussion, you know, he was talking about, you know, what uh, the media's expectations, eight, nine, ten wins, you know, and so he was reluctant to give his, but he was pressed on it. And I do thank him for giving an answer. But that six wins is like, wait a second, that was that that was a shock to me. I, I do get where he's coming from. The uh, how how much it means to get those extra practices for bowl. But so I'll ask you guys the same question: What would you characterize as a su- successful season in year two, Tyler? You know, I, I got to go with at least nine wins. Um, you know, I think that's a standard. We got rid of Bo Pelini. That's kind of a standard at Nebraska for a while. Nine wins has got to be the bare minimum to, for me to call it a success. Okay, Derek? Uh, to, for me to call it a success, I would have to go eight. I think Mike Riley improved by four wins in his first season, so I think Frost needs to improve by four wins in his second season as well. I think that's only fair. I think he needs to be held to at least that same standard, and he needs to continue to improve after that. But I think for year two, he needs to improve by at least four wins, which would put him at eight wins. Okay, that's that's fair. I, I'm going to call for nine, and this is why. Uh, looking at the schedule last year, uh, there's a lot of games that we left on the table out there You know that would just fell short, but they were definitely winnable games, right? There's about seven or eight games that we should have won. Uh, but, you know, you add one or two games improvement this year. So I, it brings me up with the averaging. I want to say nine wins to be successful. You got to show that improvement. Uh, I'm content with seven or eight wins this year. I would be definitely content with it. Uh, I think that six number, I think that'd be a disaster, as you already said there, Derek. Uh, what, what would you be content with, Tyler? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think seven wins. You know, I think, you know, I, I think people are listening just want to know the difference. And and I guess my definition of the difference between content and successful is content is like it, it it's even. It's like okay, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just it's just there. You know, yeah, that's kind of right. what you know. It, you know, Bo Pelini had a lot of those types of years. You're just kind of content. You know. Not bad, and success is something I'm gonna be at the end of the year. Like that was a good year. Um, yeah, I, I just I think seven wins is kind of my threshold. If we get there and and and, and competitive and even losses, I think I'd be probably content with that season. What would you be content with, Derek? I think you guys kind of hit it right there. I, I would say seven, uh, eight. I'd probably be content. I'd, I'd be obviously content with. If I'm considering a successful. I will add this that my my eight wins is like bare minimum to be considered successful. Like that's the absolute bare minimum you can do to be considered a successful season. Uh, I could, how many eight? 
That's, eight that's is bare minimum for a successful season. I could be content okay. with with seven, but I think that if you really want to consider just bare minimum, what could be considered a successful season, eight is the is the number. I could be content with with seven. You get down to six, like where Bill Moose is saying, like this schedule's way too easy this year to 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 go six and six and. Scott Frost, you have enough talent. Like, okay, especially with – we'll get into the awards later that everybody everybody's getting added into these awards watch lists. There's obviously players on this team that the, the, the whole nation is looking out for. So you got to start winning with the players that you have. So to, to go 6-6 six and six would be just an anomaly and it would just be atrocious. Well, well I, and I also think you look at this – you got to take a little bit into account what the national media is saying. You know, Justin, when you asked the question originally, what would be a success? Part of me wanted to say, we got to win the West. It, you know, there, there's kind of a saying in like Hollywood, you know, what, what makes a successful debut at the box office? And I think Ari Gold from Entourage said it best is it means, uh, he said, "If if you make a do- you make a dollar above expectations, you're in the gold. You make a dollar below, shoot yourself in the mouth." Like it's kind of that. I mean, if you have everyone in the national media saying we should win the West, and we come up short, that, that's going to be kind of a sting at the end of this season. I I don't know. It, the national media is not helping um, expectations for Scott Frost in year two. That that's a. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Uh, I I don't know how to feel about that, really. I mean, here we are. We're we're talking seven, eight to get content, nine success. But winning the Big Ten West, absolutely, that would be a huge success. Is it is it plausible? Adam McClintock, our a good friend, he released his little uh, his uh, Big Ten West uh, rankings. And he had Nebraska tied for third out of the West. That's shocking considering, you know, Athlon and uh, uh, Phil Steele and the others. And Big Ten Media, they have Nebraska winning the West. Derek? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It is just blowing my mind because not – let me ask you guys this. Not not in my memory can I ever remember a time when Nebraska fans were going, hey, hold on, pump the brakes. And the media was sitting here going, oh, yeah, ESPN's talking about us playing in a national championship. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, and, and Nebraska fans are kind of sitting here going, okay, we're, we're not there yet. Like, we're, we're going to take a big step forward. We're going to be good, but we, we're, we're not Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State yet. I mean, we're just not. I, I hate to say that, but I, I think I think winning the West, I think, is feasible. I, I think that's a... I think it's a good goal to reach for. I, I'm hey, not even. You know what? I'm not even saying when the Big Ten is is reachable at this point. I don't know. Maybe it hey, is. I, I I do love the attention. You know, now they're talking about game day possibly coming back to Lincoln for the Ohio State game. I mean, when when is the last time that game day was in Lincoln? Do you guys even remember USC uh, two thousand and six? I believe it was. It was under Callahan. I know that much. It was the Callahan. It was 2006, I want to say, when they had Reggie Bush and all. We had Marlon Lucky. I was at that game. That was a train wreck. Actually, you know, Bo Pelini redefined my definition of train wreck. That was like a 20-point blowout. We've way passed that. (laughs) Like, 
that's a, that's actually a close game now, but uh, yeah, no, that that was the last time. <laughs> that I mean, is amazing. That's well, awesome. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. As much as much as I love Scott Frost, and Bo Pliny redefined it after that Michigan game last year. Scott Frost redefined it too. <laughs> Because wow, that, that was the that was game. probably the worst game I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, that's true. So, so again, I ask: when, when, Do you guys honestly do you remember ever a time when the media was higher on Nebraska than the Nebraska fans were? No. No, I, I nothing comes to mind right now. Uh, what about after, What about following the two thousand nine season? No, because no, Nebraska faithful. They were huge after headed in 2010. No, you, that's a great point. That's a great the, the point. The only Gary. game that the only year that comes to mind is 2001. I, I I think when we got in the national championship game, you know, we we were I don't know. There was a little bit of wish washing about because we just came off the Colorado game. I I don't know. I feel that was the year that we got a little bit of a bump in the national media and. But man, but not like this. I never remember me sitting here thinking we're an eight win team and listening to ESPN here and we're a national championship contender. I mean, well, you, no. Tyler, Tyler, you talk no. about that, but the national media had nothing to do with making that national championship game. That was all the BCS standings, and it took a lot for us to get there. Remember, like LSU, Tennessee, there were like three teams ahead of us that had to lose that all lost in order for us to make that game, and it just happened to happen. So. That really had nothing to do with the media. That was all BCS standings. Well, there was uh, still a lot of controversy. Anyway, they're not worth going down that road. <laughs> yeah, that's a rabbit. That, that's a that's a post show topic right there. Hey, uh, talking about winning the Big Ten West. Name one reason why we can win the West, Tyler. Schedule. I mean, we, we've talked about this at length. We're going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks now. I mean, our skate schedule is so favorable. I mean, you, you, you kind of alluded to the Ohio State game. I mean, I think most people believe that's the toughest game on our schedule. I mean, most fans, even the people that are skeptics, have us going 4-0. College game day could be there. I mean, man, there, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, our toughest game, we're going to have all the momentum in the world to win that. You know, and and we don't play a tough road game. It, it's it's schedule is the reason why. Yep, Derek. Uh, well, while I do agree with you a lot, that was a very good reason as to why we can win the West. I'm gonna go Adrian Martinez as my number one reason. Like that guy was phenomenal as a freshman, and he's only going to get better. And under Scott Frost, if you look at, he's had Marcus Mariota, Vernon Adams, and Mackenzie Milton. All under his system for two years, and every one of them had huge jumps in year two. So I anticipate with Scott Frost's record, Adrian Martinez's numbers are going to jump too. And if his numbers jump, that offense is going to be tough to stop. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Adrian Martinez, that's solid, but I am rolling with the schedule. I think the schedule is the most favorable for us to line them up and just start knocking out some wins to put us in a position to get to the uh, Indianapolis. And it's straight up schedule. Adrian Martinez is a close number two in my book, but Derek name one reason why we can't win the West. This was tough for me guys. Cause I've pretty much taken all of the Kool-Aid and consumed it all at once. 
And so I'm like peeing red here. Like I, I've had drink so much Kool-Aid that it's terrible. So it was really hard for me to find a reason why we can't win the West. But I'm going to go back to defense. I, the defense still scares me. I think we're going to take a big jump. But I have no proof in that other than faith in this staff. I Our defense was atrocious last year. I don't know that there's been anything to prove to me that they could be that much better. If we get into some shootouts, we're going to win some, but we could lose some too. And you start getting into shootouts, that's hard to win a division like that. Yeah, that's true. Tanner? I'm going to take this a little different way. I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, offense. And when I mean offense, I'm talking about everyone except uh, Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman. We have two stars on offense, and then we have nine guys that I don't know if they're even average. Um, I, I, I really don't. And, you know, Derek talks about this all the time. People will step up, and, and he's right. At the end of the year, I'm sure I will sit here and say three or four guys have stepped up. But at the end of the day, is Adrian Martinez and J.D. Spielman and two or three guys, you know, good enough uh, to make up and be that prolific offense? I mean, I, you know, losing Divine Zigbo and Stanley Morgan, I mean, that those are if overall if we have enough playmakers and talent on offense to really execute what Frost wants to do at the fullest capacity. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed, uh, Tyler. Uh, it's depth, mainly at the running back and wide receiver. You know, the uncertainty with Mo, as you said, and the wide receivers outside of J.D. Spielman. I mean, are there any big playmakers? We got a lot of guys that are filling spots. Cade Warner, he's he could be poised to have a great year. Yeah. But, uh, but Wandale, we're putting a lot of eggs in his basket. And then there's a bunch of guys that we just haven't seen anything. Some guys that have been in the program last year that didn't see the field much. But we think that they're going to step up and have a great year. But there's no evidence based off of last year. Uh, so that that is my concern. I, th- I think we're stocked at tight end. Tight end, I think uh, we're good there. Uh, offensive line, you know, we're, we're probably I don't I don't we're not too deep, but you know, we got I think we can get five good guys in there, but got, not much. I think we got three. I I don't know. I I disagree with that. I I'm worried about that offensive line. I like our ta- starting tackles, but we still don't know who's going to play center. Yeah, you know, who's going to play the opposite guard off of Bo Wilson? I think that's still up in the air a little bit about security there. I mean, you know, and, and again, is, is Imus and uh, um, Farniak are they are they all American type players? Are they all conference type players? I mean, we I haven't seen that from them yet. I mean, I think they're going to be going in their junior year. They're poised to be, but again, are, are they both that guy? Or at the end of the year, are we going to be saying, oh? Well, that guy kind of sucks. I mean, we'll see. So, you know, it's it's kind of funny talking about Cam Jurgens. You know, in, uh, in the spring, you know, we were all kind of like, I think all of us had Cam Jurgens penciled in for first-team center, right? I, I know I did. I'm looking at my postseason depth chart right here. I had him in. And, I did after the spring for sure. Yeah, and but he's not going to be – he may not be a factor for a while being injured. The the, the, the here, here, here's my here's my one thing on the offense that again maybe this is me drinking the Kool Aid I don't know I obviously shared it with the media but maybe this is all maybe this is all Kool Aid but I, I'm taking Scott Frost at his word and he's talking about how last year 
they were only running about 50% of their playbook because everybody was so young and they couldn't open up the playbook. And so now you got guys who've been there two years, so he's going to open up the playbook more. I think the offense is going to be okay. I really do. I think Scott Frost is a smart enough guy on offense that he's going to be able to open up the playbook and, and fool people enough to win games. But is it going to be at a big enough clip to win the West? I mean, is he going to win I some think games so. or is he going to win so. a lot of games? I think so. My I biggest concern is can we stop anybody? Well, and I think our defense is, you know, I think, again, I, I, I've said this probably a half dozen times on the podcast. I think our defense has the capability of being a top 50 defense this year, and I would not be shocked if our offense took a step back. Um, and, and not a big step, not, 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 you know, not, not even a yard back, just, just a itty bitty step back a little bit, you know, because I just I, I think that there's film on Adrian now. There's been a lot of bodies on JD and everything else is up in, and I don't know if we have a running game. So so by your calculations, look are you suggesting a top thirty offense? Top yeah. thirty total offense and top thirty scoring yeah. defense? So does no, a top, top fifty, top fifty defense, top fifty I'm, defense, I'm sorry. top thirty no, offense. scoring offense and total offense, top thirty. Yeah, that's I right. Think okay, that's so yeah, I think that's reasonable. You couple that. Good. Okay, if you couple that with a top fifty total defense and top fifty scoring defense, does that equal a Big Ten West champion? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that if you're going to win the West. The defense either would need to be better than top fifty, or if it's if it is a top fifty defense, then you need to be a top twenty offense. Yeah, you know, and and I just it's going to be really good, but it's going to be better than defense. I just man, I, I I don't know. I just need to see more players than I've seen. Well, there's a uh, we got a lot of players pushing for awards this year, and uh, Derek, tell us about those guys. All right, so there's there's a few named again today where Scott Frost has been named as a uh, Dodd Award watch list. J.D. Spielman was named to the Horung Award watch list. He was already named to the Bolitnikoff Award list. Ben Stilley was named to the Warful Award uh, trophy list. He was already named for the Good, Good Works team watch list. I'm not really 100% sure what that one is, but uh, Mo Berry's in the Buttkiss Award watch, uh, watch list. The also the Lot Impact Award, uh, Jack Stoll's in there for the Mackey Award, and Adrian Martinez named for basically every award a quarterback can win, and the Heisman, the Maxwell, and the, and the Davy O'Brien. So uh, it's it's impressive. I can't remember a time when Nebraska had this many players in 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 this in the, in the watch list this deep, and I can't remember the last time we ever had a coach on a Coach of the Year award watch list. Yeah, how many players total is that on watch list headed into this season? Uh, five, five. Okay, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, obviously that's exciting. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I buy all of it. I mean, you know, I, I, I would love to see Adrian go to New York. I mean, he's definitely capable, but you know, I don't know, Jack Stoll. I mean, he's a great kid and everything like that, but I don't know if I've seen enough of him to warrant. You know that I guess if you want to say that much preseason hype, um, yeah, I mean, but it, it, again, it, it's co- all this national media is just really fun for a Husker fan. You're just 
you you can't help but getting a little excited for it. Well, the the, yeah. the funny thing is, this is the second year in a row that Jack Stoll's been named to the watch list for the Mackey Award. Yeah, and he I had two hundred yards last year. What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, his fourteen catches. I think, I think he's really poised for a big year. Forward. I really, truly do. I think he's poised for a huge year this year. What's a huge year for you? I mean, like, like realistically, like yeah, if he's got six hundred yards and maybe ten touchdowns, I think that's a huge year for that guy. That Holy would be a crap. huge year. That's a There's huge year no for any way. tight end. Yeah, I mean, he he is like a four hundred and fifty-five touchdown guy. That's what he is. I, I, that's what I, think. I tend to disagree. I think we're going to use tight ends a lot. I think I think I think the one that's going to hurt the most is going to be JD Spielman. I think he's going to have so much focus on him that. He's not going to get a lot of uh, attempts to even get the ball thrown to him much because he's going to be double covered all the time. And I think it's going to—I think it's going to open up the middle of the field for Jack Stoll. Well, I think it's going to open up for numerous tight ends, but Jack Stoll will get some. I'm not, I'm not saying he's having a bad year, but yeah. Hey, four four fifty for that tight end. I think that's good considering how deep we are at yeah. tight end. I, I can see our tight end quality. position group catching. I think our tight end position group could be a thousand yard position group this year. That's fair. I, I just think Jack Stoll's about to, to me has been the only one that's really proven he can catch the ball consistently. Fourteen. What did he have? Fourteen catches last year. Yeah, well, I mean, is he out of how many attempts? I mean, he wasn't throwing at a lot. He he consistently I caught the ball. It, Kurt Raftel dropped the ball a few times last year. I mean, in, the, in his few attempts that it was thrown to him. Yeah, Jack stole 245 yards last year. Three touchdowns. How many receptions? Uh, 21. Oh, more than I thought at 14. So, sorry, Jack. <laughs> hey, you know what? He'll improve on those. I mean, it, if he could 100%. One hundred percent, and I bet you he would be happy if he got over four hundred yards. Like, I'm, I'm sure he's sitting there, like, man, six hundred ten touchdowns. Man, am I going to New York? I mean, damn, boy. I don't think a tight end's going there ever. <laughs> hey, I don't think ten touchdowns is that out of out of reach. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's awesome that we have this many, and God, I, I wish we knew. Uh, the numbers on previous years for preseason watch lists, actually. But uh, uh, some of these watch lists, I just take kind of like with a grain of salt because there's so many dudes that are named to them preseason. You know, some of them have like up to 50 guys that they're just throwing out there uh, on a list. It's like, hey, these guys are watch list. Okay, cool. Awesome. But uh Go ahead, Derek. I, I will say this. Just, just I, I know a lot of the awards watch us are that way, uh, but like the Coach of the Year, that Dodd, that Dodd Award list, there is only four Big Ten coaches and only two ACC coaches on that list. Okay. I mean, it's not like it's just overflowing with everybody. I mean, how many SEC the, the, coaches? I think there were six of them on the SEC, if I remember right. <laughs> But I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's not like there was every coach was just was named as a watch list. I mean, there 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 was. I mean, Dino Babers and uh, and uh, Clemson coach Sweeney. There you go. He was. was, was those yeah. were the only two that were mentioned on there. Well, no, it's cool. It is cool. It gives adds more hype and. Gets me more excited for the season. I want a great season. 
So good stuff right there. Uh, anything else, guys? Husker related? You guys ready for last call? Let's go. Let's go to last call. Last call to you, Tanner. Ah, uh, well, this last weekend there was a boxing fight that saw Manny Pacquiao win. Uh, you know, a, a bit contest, and after that fight, uh, Floyd Mayweather and him started getting it at it again. So, I guess my question to you guys is: Would you be interested in seeing that rematch? Yeah, but I'm not paying for it. I'm not paying for it again. You didn't pay for it last time. Last time you sat on FaceTime while oh, I watched right. it at Marty's house. Don't even talk to me about that's paying right. for that. I paid for. I paid my share to Marty. Jesus, Justin. Uh, no, I would not be interested yeah, in watching this because the, ter- the fight it. was terrible last time. It was it was a, it was a horrible fight. Uh, and now they're like ten years older than they were last time. Why the hell do I want to watch this fight? Hell no. Apparently, well, apparently Floyd Mayweather is just out of money again, so he wants to fight. So, Floyd Money Mayweather, he'll never be out of money. But if Marty throws another party for that game, FaceTime <laughs> that shit to me, okay? Because it was boring as hell, but it was free, okay? So, I'm not paying for it. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So, uh, Ohio State self-reported themselves this year. Uh Apparently there were 22 infractions between the basketball team and the football team, where 16 of them came from the football team. Uh, guys, I'm thinking I'm starting to understand why Urban Meyer jumped ship again. Like I thought it was just the Zach Smith thing at first, but apparently they're cheating and recruiting and calling people they're not supposed to be calling them. Uh, most of them are pretty minor, pretty small things, but. They're talking to recruits when they're not supposed to be. Like, this is a big deal. Like, they're cheating when it comes to recruiting. You know, it's kind of funny, you know, because you heard uh, Jim Harbaugh, you heard his comments kind of trashing uh, uh, Urban Meyer, that controversy surrounds him wherever he goes and all that stuff. I wonder if Harbaugh knew about this before it was released. Uh it's it's just crazy, yeah. Every, every, controversy always surrounds uh, Urban Meyer, but what, one of the, the names that was USA. one of the names that was brought up that he was talking to when he wasn't supposed to was uh, Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah. So I I thought that was interesting, but cheating doesn't always win, win yeah. I guess. Yeah, Tyler? I mean it, it. It is what it is, I guess. Um, I you know I don't think anything's gonna come of it. Um, you know I ultimately guys I don't know if that makes a difference in how they want it. Just it's kind of bullshit they got away with cheating. It doesn't sound like anything's gonna come of it. So it is. Well, what, what it is. Did they lose like one scholarship over it though? They they did is before they, before they they reported these. They had already lost the scholarship. So you think they lose another one, or what do you think will happen? You wouldn't know my honest opinion. I think this is a worse infraction than Jim Trestle hiding up the tattoo gate. To me, ooh, like you're cheating. You're you're cheating to try and get recruits there. All all he did, all he did, was let get some kids get some free tattoos. Who gives a shit? He he covered it up. It was wrong, but that was far less. That was far less offensive. Billia for it. Well, it was still far less offensive to me than what this guy is doing and cheating when it comes to recruiting. 
Because you're cheating the game at that point. They weren't cheating the game. They were doing something that broke rules, but they weren't cheating the game at least. I see my difference there because I, I think some some of these infractions are probably more prevalent in college uh, football than uh, you know than than just Ohio State. I, I think this is something that's pretty out there, and I wouldn't want anyone digging into our laundry too much on this one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, last call to me. My last call goes out to the Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott for having the balls enough to explore the idea of playing 9 a.m. games out there on the uh, on the California coast, Pacific coast. Apparently, he wants to at least maybe try one to two this year, uh, maybe games like on the road, but just to test other markets, you know. How would you guys feel if you guys had to watch the Huskers play at 9 a.m.? 11 a.m. games are already rough. Tyler, what do you think about this move? Well, I, I don't know if I like that move, but I do like the move that they made about moving the championship game to Vegas, so... Um, he's one out of two. One out of two oh, for right, good yeah. ideas. Derek? Uh, well, I would hate this rule, but is that 9 a.m. West Coast time? Or yeah, is it 9 yeah. a.m. Central time? Uh, yeah. So, so he's basically saying our that in our, in our time, he wants, to, he wants to start playing the rest of the country starting to play in. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from. If I was on the West Coast, I'd probably hate it. But well, I get, yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Peeps. Those are your peeps. I, I get it, but you're trying to get national exposure. Nobody watches Pac-12 games because they all come in on ten o'clock at night, and everybody's getting ready to go to bed by then. I'm usually drunk by then, so I'm paying attention to. I'll Pac-12. tell you what, that's one of my favorite things though is when the wife goes to bed and I go down to my basement and turn on the Pac-12 football at 11 p.m. and there's Arizona State versus Utah, and like. That that's when you get some good football watching in right there on that Saturday night. You never stay up to see the end of it, though. Oh no, not very very often. <laughs> Every once in a while, I see the end of it, but it's something to fall asleep to, though. I don't know. I I as as a fan, I would hate to. I mean, you got to get up at seven o'clock to start drinking. I would just get primed for that game, and you can only drink at seven while playing golf or fishing. That's it. Right? Bloody Marys. Have a couple oh. Bloody Marys before uh, at kickoff. Uh, I guess so. All right, guys. You guys done? Hey, again, uh, listeners, we will be back week in, week out until the season is over for sure. So uh, we'll see you then. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us, at, like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback, and don't forget to write us a five-star review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week, and as always, go Big Red. Way to keep it clean, Justin. I did that for you. Third.